Hello and welcome to the Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today, we're looking at the proportion of portfolios that investors hold in cash and cash equivalents and asking, how do you know if you're holding too much cash? Recent UBS Investor Sentiment survey findings show that more than 60% of investors hold at least 10% of their assets in cash and that the average investor holds about 22% of their assets in cash and cash equivalents. So how do you know if your holdings are right for you and for right now? On today's programme, we'll hear from two guests from the Chief Investment Office in UBS Global Wealth Management, who are two of the co-authors of a recent blog on exactly this theme. There are also two regular voices on this programme. First up, let's talk to Justin Waring, Investment Strategist Americas. Justin Waring, thanks for being with us as ever. Let's put this conversation in a little context, first of all, because there's some interesting investor sentiment data, isn't there, in the background about, you know, what your average investor or what most investors indeed hold when it comes to to, to cash holdings. And that sort of informs the picture, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I I think, you know, when we look at the survey data, we recently had a survey of several thousand investors, and the average investor holds about 22% of their investment assets in cash. And that's a that's a small drop since September. Some investors have put some cash to work, but it's still a relatively elevated level. And another finding that we had was that 62% of, of investors are holding more than 10% of their portfolio in cash. Um, and I wonder, of course, you know, we speak now in, what are we in, May 2021. How, how much does that underlying situation or the trends you expect to see change when you have a period of, you know, intense volatility and uncertainty, which has kind of been the, the case for the past, what, getting on towards almost 18 months now? Does, does that change things fundamentally? I guess it draws people maybe to increase their, their cash holdings as a general rule. Yeah. One of the interesting things that we find when we do these surveys is that investors will give us a number of different reasons why they hold cash. And they really break down into two two different categories from our perspective. On the one hand, there's cash that you're holding as an emergency fund if you have an unexpected expense or to protect yourself against uh, the risk of a downturn. And the other reason, which is a slightly higher uh, likelihood in, in our survey, um, is that you're waiting for the right investment. And from our perspective, it is a good idea to hold cash, bonds, and borrowing capacity in order to protect yourself against the risk that there's a short-term market drawdown. So that's likely going to be if you're in your if you're drawing off your portfolio, you're going to want to have some cash set aside so that you're not forced to lock in market losses that are otherwise temporary if you just kind of left your portfolio alone. But on the other hand, if you're thinking that you are holding cash because you're waiting for the right investment, this can be a damaging strategy because there's never an obvious time to invest. There are always uncertainties. And so our advice to clients is to basically find a way to get get your cash into the market, build a, a portfolio that you're comfortable with during all seasons, and build in you know, enough confidence that you have the cash that you need, that you won't need to touch those longer term assets, even if there is a bear market or a market disruption, or if there's some sort of geopolitical event, because there are many things that we're worried about today. And there are many things that we should be worried about, but we just don't know because they haven't happened yet. (laughs) Absolutely. And I guess all of this is instructive. And it reminds us of the the sort of the the efficacy and and the elegance, I suppose, almost of this 3L strategy. And I'm, I'm sure I probably even have asked you, Justin, about this before on this program. And I know Kieran and others have, have also spoken about it. But 
Remind us how even the exchange that we've had so far underscores the importance of getting to grips with this sort of wealth way framework and this idea of liquidity, longevity, legacy, these three L's, why, why that is a good thing always to bear in mind as an investor. I can't think through any investment decision without thinking through the liquidity, longevity and legacy strategy framework. It is very intuitive and straightforward. And, and the basis is that every dollar in your portfolio represents a future dollar or, or maybe dollars of spending in the, in the future. And aligning your investments for the for the dollars that are earmarked for short-term spending in what we call a liquidity strategy will help you protect those assets to be there when you need them regardless of what's happening in the market environment and and we recommend sizing that at three to five years of spending because it usually takes most diversified portfolios about three to five years to fully recover from the worst bear markets and so once I have the assets that I need in the next three to five years set aside in cash, bonds, and safe borrowing capacity, I can invest the remainder of my wealth with a lot more confidence. Now, the longevity strategy is the rest of the assets I need for the rest of my life. But if I'm wealthy and I've done good, a good job at saving, I'll also have money beyond that money that I, that is not earmarked for spending during my lifetime that I can then allocate to my children's lifetime or to donating to charity down the line. Uh, and that's what we call the legacy strategy. And what we find is that this this liquidity longevity legacy framework or what we call the UBS Wealthway does a really, really good job of providing clarity, certainty, and peace of mind to our clients, helping them sort of separate the decision to wait for a better market timing event versus the cash that they need for spending and, and to protect them against uh, worst case scenarios. And then therefore helps them figure out, okay, well, these are the dollars that I really do need to have in cash. And then these are the dollars that really shouldn't be in cash. And now I need to talk to my financial advisor about getting it put to work. And we can, you know, we can work together to find a way to get the money to work well managing the the risk that that I end up putting that cash to work just before a market drawdown because that's always going to be a risk but we can manage that risk with some portfolio management strategies well yeah and actually in the blog towards the end there's an interesting couple of paragraphs about addressing exactly that fear which I think understandably investors have that you know might you be putting cash to work right before a market decline and I guess with markets at or close to all-time highs and they've been pretty high recently that that's a real active concern and I just thought we could touch briefly on a couple of the actual strategies some of the practicalities there are um, dollar cost averaging and also you know looking at using structured investments maybe you could just talk very briefly about what the mechanics actually of that process look like so I think when you're investing in an all equity portfolio, like all stock portfolio or very, very heavy stock portfolio, market timing becomes a, a bit more of a risk because if there's a bigger risk that there will be a drawdown and, and the drawdowns tend to be larger. But if you're building into a diversified portfolio, the risk of bad timing is, is a lot more muted. Uh, so one thing that we recommend doing is to is to do something called dollar cost averaging, which is to invest some dollars now, some dollars in a couple of weeks, and some dollars in a couple of months, just getting your your cash to work in a disciplined manner. And then if there's a drawdown in the market in the meantime, take advantage of that by accelerating your schedule. But stick to your schedule uh, to make sure that you're getting your 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 cash to work. A way to sort of make that even more effective is actually to put all your bonds to work right away and only invest the stocks cash over time. And that's because 
you know, like I mentioned before, stocks have a much deeper drawdown than diversified portfolios and bonds have very, very few drawdown periods in, in history. And so it's a good idea to put the bonds to work. In fact, if you put the bonds to work and there is a drawdown in stocks, bonds tend to do well in an environment where stocks are, are losing money. So uh, that might actually help you to improve your returns. And in the meantime, if the stock market does trade higher, you're at least getting some return on that cash in the, in the form of return that you get from bonds. And then as, as with regard to structured investments, structured investments are strategies that can allow you to get asymmetric exposure to the market. They're so much sophisticated investments. Ultimately, they are unsecured debt of a bank. And that bank takes your initial capital and then promises to pay you back your principal at the end of a set year, just like a bond. But the, your return that you get back at the end of the period and along the way is going to be determined by the performance of an underlying investment like the S&P 500 or, or the Eurostoxx 50 index with some changes. So it's a way to get either levered upside participation, maybe you can use a structured investment that has capital protection, and there are also types of structured investments that provide portfolio income. So these are ways to sort of transform the, you know, it's not quite a bond, not quite a stock, but it can give you asymmetric exposure to the type of, of return that you're looking for. And we found that this can often provide confidence for investors that are otherwise skittish about putting money to work because at the end of the day, this, this sort of asymmetric return profile provides a little bit more certainty than what the, what the general market investment might provide. And so, yeah, we found that structured investments can often provide confidence for investors uh, to put, put cash to work Usually, in order to get capital protection, you're limiting your upside, but putting money to work is helping you get more return than you would if you left it in cash. And so, you know, if, if, if we're able to use that to coax a few people to get their cash into the market, then it can be a very effective strategy to help them uh, achieve their goals. Justin Waring. Next, let's hear from Kieran Ganesh, a strategist in the UBS Global Wealth Management CIO. Kieran, we just heard from Justin there about the three L's and the Wealthway framework. This remains an ideal way for investors to think about their portfolios, and I guess never more so than after an 18-month period of uh, uncertainty and volatility like we've just seen. Yes, precisely, because I mean, I think there's, there's one big thing that investors could have got wrong over the course of the past year, which would have been panicking or being forced to sell out of the markets at the very depressed levels we had in March or April of last year. You know, since then, at least US equities have almost doubled from the low point. So selling out at, the, at that point would have been a, a very, very costly decision. And having the 3L framework uh, in place can really help investors avoid making such such rash um, decisions. You know, firstly, by um, making clear that most money is not needed for the next two or three years and, and most money is for the long term. It can help reframe investors' thinking so that when they see you know, some sort of uh, short-term um, crash or fall in markets, they can maintain a longer-term perspective. And secondly, by having that, that first L, the liquidity bucket in place, um, investors should feel comfortable that they've got the cash and, and short-term bonds necessary to meet their short-term expenses so they're not forced into selling equities in order to, to meet their obligations. So we really think having this 3L strategy in place prepares people for uh, similar events uh, to what we've seen over the course of the past um, year in future and to get through them um, with their portfolios intact. 
Uh, and, and Kieran, with that backdrop then, it is interesting to look and we reflected again with, with Justin on some of the recent uh, investor sentiment survey findings about the amount of cash that uh, investors typically hold. And, you know, even given some cuts in cash allocation in recent months, the average investor is still holding about, well, more than 20% of their assets in, in cash and cash equivalents. I guess that will still prompt perhaps some investors with an eye on the future to say, well, look, how can I be sure if I am holding too much cash? And obviously, you can look at it through that wealthway framework. But, you know, are there any shortcuts other than kind of going through it with their financial advisors? What is the way to answer that question of, you know, am I holding too much cash at the moment? Yeah, so the, the wealthway framework really says that it, it should be sort of two to five years of net expenses and that you keep in, in cash or short term bonds. Now, that's going to be, you know, quite a, a personal choice because you know for example if if investors are you know planning to um, buy a property or, or acquire a business then clearly they're going to need more cash on hand um, to reduce the risk that movements in the market mean that they can't fulfill their their goals so it will vary from from investor to investor um, but equally you know people who maybe have a, a stable job and they're getting regular income um, from that and they don't have any sort of major acquisition plans over the next uh, few months or years um, can afford to hold you know much much lower levels of cash so generally we'd say two to five years of net expenses so net net of any income you're getting from from work or, or dividends is, is what's necessary um, to hold in cash what about some other strategies Kieran Ganesh for building exposure if investors are eager to put cash to work but they may be wary of market adjustments Things like dollar cost averaging, uh, using structured investments. Can you tell us more? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think that's that's the big the big challenge is often for investors. It's not about the the logic or, or defining a strategy in line with the three L's. It's more about getting from where they are today towards that that strategy point, and that can involve some some difficult decisions. Because, for example, if you are currently holding. 30 or 40% of your wealth in cash, and then your 3L strategy suggests maybe that should be more like 10%. You know, making the decision to invest 20 or 30% of your net worth in markets after they've had such a good run can be, can be challenging. So we often talk with clients about ways they can reduce their timing risk um, from a purely rational mathematical perspective. It's better to just put everything to work in one go. But we know to manage the sort of more emotional and psychological aspects, you know, things like dollar cost averaging, which is essentially to just put money to work in stages. So let's say you want to put a million dollars to work, thinking in $100,000 stages every month or every two months um, can help make sure that if markets wobble over the course of the next year, then sometimes maybe you buy high, sometimes you may buy low, but ultimately you're not taking on a great uh, level of market risk over the next year. The other approach is, as you mentioned, to use uh, structured um, strategies. So just to give an example, you can, you can give another investor the right to sell you stocks at a lower level than they are today, and you can earn a premium for that. So if you're anyway planning to buy stocks, but maybe you'd like to buy at a lower level if, if they crash, and then you can engage in those strategies, you earn some extra yield, um, and then if markets do fall, then you have the right to buy um, at a lower price. So those kind of strategies can help people who are nervous to, about getting into the markets, trying to earn a bit more on their cash, but looking to buy in a, in a disciplined way if the markets do fall. Kieran Ganesh. 
And that brings us to the end of this edition of The Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance each week here on Monocle 24. Listen again and find out more at monocle.com or catch up via your preferred podcast platform. The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24.